You know, it is um, it's an insane statistical year for Jaden Daniels. So and I'm not saying that he's not worthy. I always look at it as most years you see it's the best player on the best team that wins it. A lot of years that happens. And I get tired of that happening year after year, and you want to see a different story that happens. But I find myself this year wanting the winner to be the best player on the best team in this mix. And that is the team that's in the college football playoff in Washington and Michael Penix Jr. I also think the story of Washington is the best story. And we know, Kelly, that when we're looking at Heisman trophies or things that are subjective, voted on by people, in this case, over a thousand people have a Heisman vote. Oftentimes you're looking for the story. I love this Washington story and and I love Penix Jr. as a player. I hope he wins. It would be a complete stunner if he does, though. Oh, it absolutely will. And, And look, I lobbied for him very early on in the season. The problem was, is that they want a team that is like an Oregon with Bo Nix. They want that flashy team. They want to see teams blowing people out. And down the stretch, Washington didn't do that. And that's why they were such a large underdog in the Pac-12 championship game. It is unfortunate. I, too, would like to see Michael Penix Jr. actually in the mix. Unfortunately, he's going to be standing there on the outside looking in. And that is not fair. But I would agree with you. The storylines have to come to play. I know I've made a lot of Kansas State references on this program today but even when Colin Klein I thought should have won the Heisman that year unfortunately lost that game as 13 and a half point favorites to Baylor and all of a sudden Johnny Manziel gets the Heisman and was he most deserving well in hindsight we're going to go ahead and say no Uh, but was he one of the most electric players that year in college football absolutely old Johnny football Um, this is a college football playoff field with those four teams that it really is, it could be any of those teams' championship to be had this year. And we say that sometimes, but I don't know that we really mean it. I mean it with these four teams, starting with Alabama as the four seed, uh, that may be hotter than anyone else in the country. Uh, This is tough for me. This is an Alabama team that you and I have spoken about on this program all season long, Chad. And that is because they haven't lived up to the hype. Now, do they turn a corner at a certain point in time? Yes, absolutely. Only to falter down the stretch. Probably should have lost to Auburn, albeit a knockout, dragout rivalry game. So you never want to fault a team for that. But as it sits right now, Michigan just a very slight favorite. If it flips and Michigan's an underdog, I think I'm going to have no choice but to be on the Wolverines here. This defense is rock solid. I'm not impressed. Uh, with all of the rumors swirling out of Ann Arbor. As a college football fan, you never want to hear things like that. But I will say, I think Michigan is the better team here. So, uh, you know, I haven't had a chance to ask you about this, but when you see everything going on around Michigan, for me personally, I'm I'm kind of impressed that they've continued to just rock and roll and mostly beat teams badly through all of this. Um, it's clear that in the coaching communities and in football, people are really angry about it and they don't think it's something that's normal that went on with Connor Stallions and this whole scheme. What, what do you think about Michigan? Is it, is it a worthy villain of college football right now? When you look at them, do you kind of shrug your shoulders and not care as much? Just personally, sports fan in you, what, what do you think when you see this whole Michigan story and now them being the number one overall seed? 
If you look behind me, every single one of these books is about sports. I could not probably be a bigger sports fan. I think integrity plays a big role in all of that. But as somebody who has seen plenty of other schools get away with everything under the sun with a slap on the wrist, some uh, get, you know, basically the death sentence, as they used to call it, and others, things get pushed aside. It is unfortunate. Do I need to educate myself more about what's going on in Michigan? I absolutely do. The big reason why I haven't, Chad, is because I have to save some of my uh, my my passion for things that really matter to me. And me going after the Michigan Wolverine team and how it stands today, I just can't muster up the energy. It is frustrating. Uh, I know that other coaches in the Big Ten have been very vocal about it. And you would like to see some sort of justice, whether it's clearing Harbaugh's name or whether it's sanctions coming down, come into play. Yeah, I'm curious to see what happens in the future. But not only that, Jim Harbaugh and the chances that he stays in college football and comes back to Michigan. Uh, I know that there's an extension that's on the table apparently for him. But Kelly, I look at that and I, I feel like he was already frustrated with the NCAA process on the whole deal with the recruiting violations during COVID-19, all that stuff. And I thought he was on his way out the door then. And then all the Connor Stallion stuff happens. And I'm thinking he's definitely gone now. But on the flip side, I look at the loyalty that Michigan fans, players, alumni, everyone have showed him through all, all this. That has been a self-inflicted wound from that program. And yet they've given him all the grace in the world, largely because he's undefeated and playing for a national championship. But I wonder if he's even going to stick around to see what happens with the NCAA. One, I don't think he's going to stick around. And I kind of don't blame him. Whether this is a witch hunt or whether he's guilty, I think he's gone. But I will say, you're right. All the Michigan fans that I know, one of the companies I uh, own part of, every single one of the guys is from Michigan. And boy, do I love to rouse them up anytime you see a tweet or any of the new uh, information that drops. Because boy, are they passionate. And you're absolutely right, Chad. It's because they're winning. Things get pushed aside when you're winning. You said that at the very start of today's show about Sean McDermott, that all of a sudden this is coming to light. Why? Because his team is six and six. How hard is it to start to project what's going to happen uh, with, with, with bowl games? In fact, we're going to get Keenan Reynolds set up right now. Well, I'm going to ask you that question coming back after Keenan Kelly. Um, this is one of my favorite games every year. America's game. Army, Navy. It's one that I've loved since I was a kid. My dad served in, in the Navy, so I was always on the Navy side in this game. I feel like if you're an American, you pick a side. Whether you have family that was Army or Navy, whether you served, you pick a side. Whether it's just, hey, I like the color of this uniform as a kid. I think it's so cool that this is a game that gets its own spotlight on a Saturday by itself with no other big games being played. I like that it is a, an American tradition when we talk about Army-Navy. And I like the fact that many years, neither team is really playing for anything other than to beat Army or beat Navy. And there's a lot to be said about that. I think it's super cool. I think the march on the field is one of the best traditions in all of sports. I've attended three of these games. I, I would say if you haven't, make it a bucket list item for you to go to one of these games. It is so, so cool to see the pageantry around all this and see young men and women that are very gifted, either athletically, academically, in a lot of different ways, that decide, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go work my butt off at a, at a service academy 
for four years, get a degree from there, get an appointment to that first and foremost. You're writing your senators to get an appointment. There's a big process that takes place to get not a scholarship. You get appointed to one of these academies and then to go and serve and then serve some more. And in many cases, they become a lifelong military. So cool to see this, something to be celebrated every year. Uh, I've recommended it many times, but a civil war by John Feinstein, one of the best sports books ever. And it details the Army-Navy game, I think in 1995 was the year that they detailed that game. And it goes back into the backstory of the families, the coaches involved, how much it means to each team. Really, really terrific read. Go and read that. That's required reading before you watch the Army-Navy game. I don't expect you to read it overnight or anything, but at some point, pick that book up. Good stocking stuffer. Read it. Love it. And you're going to love this game as much as I do. Now, I didn't play in this game. I've watched it from the sidelines. That's the best I can say about it. Uh, We're going to talk momentarily to someone who has played in this game, played in it very well, and played in it all four years at his time at the Naval Academy. So can't wait for that conversation. Um, It's also a different year in that no Ken Niamatololo in this game for Navy. He's become a fixture on the sideline for Navy, was a fixture for years, did a great job leading that program. I was honestly surprised. He was a guy that his name would come up for a lot of jobs outside of Navy, and he never took any of them. I think he, he flirted with the idea of BYU at one point but never left. So when that stopped, I was surprised that when all the, his name and other jobs stopped, I was surprised that he ended up getting sort of let go uh, at Navy or resigned after a, a tough season and a tough year. So surprised about that. New coach there. Um, Todd Munkin still doing a great job at Army. Excited to watch this game tomorrow. Elements may not be great. I know the East Coast can be bad on the NFL Sunday as well. And Keenan Reynolds is on with us right now. Keenan Reynolds is one of only four players to have his number retired at the United States Naval Academy. Uh, Roger Staubach, Joe Bellino, Napoleon McCollum, and Keenan Reynolds, former Navy quarterback, on with us right now. Keenan, appreciate you hopping on with us, man. I know you've been on Radio Row up in Boston getting ready for this game. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, it's, it's been a great day. Lots to talk about the game, about past games. I mean, the, the atmosphere here is crazy. Everywhere I go, the game is everywhere. It's just an amazing time. Keenan, you're from here uh, in Nashville, where this show originates out of. Played your high school ball at Good Pasture. You had options coming out of high school, and you chose to go play at Navy and, and serve your country. Why Navy? Well, number one, you, you go to a place, an institution like the Naval Academy, where you get world-class education, you get to serve your country, like you said. You get to play big-time football. Like, the Army-Navy game is as big as it gets. I don't think there's a, really an atmosphere. Maybe the Super Bowl, that they need to compete with it. Um, and then you get to go out and, and, and play despite all, you know, what you've been told about being undersized. You get to play against the Ohio State, the Notre Dame, those big-time games. I mean, it was just a, a, a unique combination that, uh, you know, I don't think you can replicate in many other places. Did you, um, I'm curious, this time of year, when you get close to this game and you're in the city now, it's about to happen, uh, can you feel it? Can, can you feel something rising up within you that you think, man, I wish I was out there playing right now because this is such a special time of year where it is the unique showcase game of America that there's not competition around you guys on this one Saturday? 
you know, it, right now it's all good vibes. You know, everybody's hanging out, having drinks, having a good time. You got the gala of the night, you know, people feeling good. But as soon as we wake up tomorrow morning, that's when it's going to get real serious. So it ain't, ain't quite hit yet, but it's on the way. Well, Keenan, we appreciate you, man. I know it's been a busy day for you up there running around on, on Radio Row. Before I let you go, though, I got to ask you, uh, I got a feeling I know you're going to pick in the game tomorrow, but uh, what happens when Navy meets Army on the field tomorrow afternoon? It's going to be a dogfight. It's going to be tough. It's going to be hard fault. It's going to come down on one or two plays. Every single year, you can look back besides the blowouts. It's always one or two critical plays that changes the whole uh, trajectory of the game for either team. So last year for us, it was a fumble on a goal line. Who knows what it'll be with this year? But really the team that's the most detail-oriented and focused is usually the team that comes out with the victory. Do you like what Coach Newberry's doing? You, you were a Ken Niamatololo guy while you were there. Do, do you like the direction he has things headed right now? Yeah, I mean, I think Coach Newberry is an amazing person. I got a chance to get to know him over the last couple of years. Not, not super close. Obviously, I didn't play for him, but you know, I've talked to him several times. I think he's a great leader. And, and a great person to have uh, kind of running the point there. And then, you know, you still have some of the, the coaches that I played with there um, as well. So the coach is still intact. I'm really excited for what they're trying to build and what they, uh, you know, what we can do in the AAC. Um, and, and, you know, I'm going to be diehard for life no matter who's at the point. So it doesn't matter. Keenan Reynolds, one of the greats all time, Navy quarterback from 2012 to 2015, one of four players to have his number retired at that fine institution. Keenan, appreciate it, man. I, I know you're busy today. Thanks for hopping on with us for a little bit. Appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. That's Keenan Reynolds. Kelly, have you ever had the chance to, to attend an Army-Navy game? Yeah, I got to attend one of the best Army-Navy games we've seen in the last couple of decades. That was last year nice. in Philadelphia, and it was wonderful. I had a good friend that was a an Army graduate, so he was able to get me on the sidelines and uh, got to meet some of the coaches, some of the players. It was It was honestly a wonderful experience. You know, you talk about going to games, right? And, and and I was just there in Tennessee and went to a Titans game, and the flyover was awesome. Go to a flyover at an Army-Navy game and talk about getting pumped up for a football game. It was absolutely electric. I know this year in Foxborough is going to be awesome. And even if Robert Kraft said, this is a hotter ticket in Foxborough than Taylor Swift was. It's crazy. I mean, it's up there with the SEC championship game, Georgia-Alabama for the minimum price for a ticket to get in. Uh, to watch this thing. And you're right. It is a flying armada before the game with all the, the firepower they have in the sky for the flyover for this game. Really, really cool. Big thanks to Keenan Reynolds for joining us. Uh, it's time for a shot of adrenaline. And when we need that, we go to the gun show. Mike Gunzelman, I saw him hovering around here. He's pounding on the glass of the studio trying to get in 20 minutes early. Uh, that weird look that you saw me give the door, that's what it was for. He's ready. He's about to knock the door in. Mike Gunzelman, Gun Show, coming up next. This is Hot Mike on the Outkick Network. We're back on Hot Mike across the Outkick Network on this fine Friday. I'm Chad Withrow. Kelly Stewart, Kelly in Vegas with us. Uh, I'm in Nashville. She's in Florida. Mike Gunzelman, Gun Show. He's here in Nashville. Let's go. He's in studio right now at Old Smokey and Yeehaw 6th and Peabody. Rocking. Guns, how are you, man? Let's go on a Friday. Kelly in Vegas, what's up? How are you? 
What's up, Guns? I actually laughed because I've always just known you as Guns, never knew you as Mike or Gunzelman. And I had to laugh this today when I got the rundown. I go, wait, that's his last name? Is oh, that where God. we got Guns from? Blew up my spot. Listen, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. Uh, just- I, <laughs> I never know the balance with both you guys of how to say the, when to say the full name versus the moniker, Kelly in Vegas, yeah. Kelly Stewart, Guns, Gun Show, yeah. and or Mike Gunzelman. So yeah. I kind of say both uh, each time, Ke- I guess is Kelly, the way to go. I think, I think Kelly, you have to be Kelly Middle name in last name Vegas I think that's how you got to roll from yeah. now on what which do you guys prefer uh just just Kelly in Vegas or Kelly Stewart just gun show Mike Gunsman, no, which do you prefer if somebody calls me Mike or by my first name I think I'm in trouble or it's my mom yelling at me I've never referred to you as Mike yeah I, I, I've never I, said Mike around you if somebody guns. says it out loud I, I honestly don't even turn around because I don't think they're talking to me so it's always got to be guns I'm uncle guns to my nieces they're eight and ten years old they call me uncle guns like come on now I'm guns Kelly, do you have a preference? Uh, I don't have a preference. I think it's all depending on how formal you want to be. I mean, my name's Kelly Stewart. I've never had like some fake stage name like yeah. a lot of people think or people in the industry do. Uh, but <laughs> you I, didn't I change think your Kelly- name to In Vegas? That's not your last name now, you, you mean? I thought that <laughs> no, was your full name. No, but I also name. didn't just pick a, a boring Irish name in Stewart either. It was, uh, I was born this way. So I think <laughs> Kelly in Vegas is more of a fun, more of a casual nickname. I mean, all my friends call me KIV. So it's just really stuck at this point. Go. So, Guns, uh, you're all about the fans. You're, about you're fan it. first and everything. You're fan-friendly, right. man of the people. Yes. You're out there glad-handing patrons out, out at 6th and Peabody Listen, right now. Yeah I, yeah. I saw you out there leading moonshine shots <laughs> yes, and tastings yes, yes. out there. You were going through the whole holiday selection. Totally. yeah. Doing know, the whole thing. Yeah, taking one for the team, um, you know? Yeah. There are some uh, politicians now that are trying to be fan-first when it comes to to ticket prices. Yeah. What, what can you tell us about this story? So uh, it, this is actually interesting, and this is probably the one thing that I actually do agree with politicians on. Uh, it, it, it was funny. This all happened with Taylor Swift and obviously the Ticketmaster debacle, and pretty much she single-handedly uh, waged war with Ticketmaster. And the one issue that both Democrats and Republicans could agree on was that we have to stop ticket scalpers. And I'm all about that. So finally our tax dollars are going to uh, – are doing the the Lord's work, if you would. Uh, there's a brand new proposal. I think it actually has some legs to it. Something's got to be done. We've all been doing it, whether it's sports, whether it's going to concerts. It's impossible to get a concert ticket these days. And if you are, you're dropping way too much money, and it's a scam, and there's a lot of like things going on behind the scenes. And this new proposal that's actually getting a lot of legs, and uh, I think some sort of uh, version of this bill is going to come through, is they are going to go after Ticketmaster and also these secondary sites. And the big thing, don't worry about all like the little things here and there. The one thing that they're going to add, they're not going to give it to scalpers. You're never going to be able to do that. Let's be honest, people, all right? They, they all pay off each other. That's the given. But the one thing they're going to do is you will not be able to claim that you have a ticket. These, these, these uh, scalpers won't be able to say that they have a ticket unless they actually do have a ticket. Now, what do I mean by that? You can right now go, uh, like, a tour will be announced and pre-sale tickets won't even go on. This happened a couple weeks ago for Rolling Stones. You went there, there were already tickets being sold for $2,500 a pop, and they weren't even available yet. And what they do, and it happens in sporting events as well, is these scalpers have so much money behind them, and they have their bots and stuff, that they are artificially setting the, uh, the, the price so high knowing that because they have so much funding behind them that they are going to recoup their cost when the tickets actually do go on sale. 
It's all sketchy behind the scenes. I don't want to make break it down too much, but the bottom line is this is a win. Washington's finally doing something right. Chad, you know the deal. Kelly, you've been to things. It's impossible. You're screwing the average fan out there that just wants to enjoy the game and get drunk. No, we're fan-friendly. We're drunk-friendly also yeah. on this show. So we, we like both those things. We want people to have the ability to do both. Damn the man. Here's, yeah. here's my question, because some of this stuff, you know, especially with politicians, is posturing. Yeah. Uh, I don't think this is, but an example is, you know, the Florida state legislator. Uh, we're going to review all of our options to, to sue the co- selection committee because Florida State got left out of the 14 playoff. <laughs> yeah. When stuff like that happens, I, I laugh. Like Nothing's going to happen. Simmer down. Yeah. You can't do yeah. anything. You're doing this to try to appease the Florida State fans in your state to look like you're doing something. But, Guns, you think that something can actually be accomplished by going after, let's say, a ticket master with this where they can actually take action that will help the fans? Yeah, I mean, it is a monopoly. We all know it's a monopoly. The thing is, the... I did a big breakdown on this. If you check out my articles at OutKick, like I went deep into this in the past year, year and a half since Taylor Swift kind of did it. And the lobbying power from the scalpers and Ticketmaster and Live Nation is ridiculous. The funding that they do for campaigns and the money behind the scenes is so sketch. And it is essentially a monopoly. So are they going to take down Ticketmaster? No, of course not. But are they going to do something that uh, will actually help and benefit the people? I truly believe that they are. And also, don't forget, we're coming up to an election year next year. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget that as well. Uh, something needs to be done. They can, you know, AOC can be like this. I'm going to break that. You're not breaking down anything, AOC. But what they can do is at least adapt it here so that the average person is not getting screwed as much as they used to be. That's the bottom line. People that are saying, oh, yeah, we're going to, Live Nation's going to disband after this. Shut up. You're lying. But they are telling the truth that uh, something will come out of this uh, for the people. Hopefully something happens. We're, yeah. we're pro people on this. So yeah. hopefully I just want to go to the game. The I just want to go to the game. You know what I mean? Yeah, and not spend $1,000 where yeah. you don't have to. I hate going to a game and all the fans are up in the top because nobody can afford the tickets on the bottom. Right. So here's uh, item number two with yeah. guns today. Would Yankees. Uh, would the New York Yankees attract better free agents if they dropped <laughs> their facial God, hair policy? So when I read this, first off, I think it's one of the truly cool things left in sports that's so old school yeah. that you you have to shave if you're a New York Yankee and you can't wear your hair too long. Uh, again, I'm sounding old over and over today. I think it would be, I think it would be as you put here, whack. Uh, I think it'd be whack <laughs> if, if every team did this, right? But because just one team Damn does right. it, yeah, let's go. there's something so classic about it that I, I kind of like it. But you argue that maybe someone is so attached to their facial hair that they wouldn't sign uh, even for more money with the New York Yankees because no, no, of that? No, no, no. I don't argue that. Okay. Cameron Mabin, former Yankee, tweeted that out. Just yesterday, and he caused a war right now. And you're right. It's between the older, the elders and the younger generation. Now, I'm part of that younger generation. I'm a diehard Yankee fan. I think he's wrong. If you're not going to go to the 27-time World Series New York Yankees because you like your beard, then don't even come here. All right? Like, come on now. Uh, granted, we haven't won since 2009. Yeah, it's 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 been it's been a minute. I'm not happy about that aspect, but he believes, and he uh, like there's been some stories about David Price from the Rays uh, said publicly that he wouldn't come to the Yankees because of their uh, no facial hair policy. Uh, Brian Wilson that ended up at the Giants, he didn't come because he publicly said that. Sure, you might have some instances, but I agree with you. You're the New York Yankees. You have a higher standard here. I went to Catholic school my whole life. 
I didn't like enjoy. I didn't enjoy wearing a uh, a uniform, but I knew what the rules were when you get there. <laughs> if you don't want to come to the Bronx because you're scared about your freaking beard, then like, I mean, yeah. In fairness, guns, beard is makeup for men. I mean, we haven't seen a lot of these guys and how bad they actually look without facial hair. That'd be like Alkick saying, all right, you can come to the show, but you can't have hair extensions or wear makeup. I don't know <laughs> if I would want to put myself out there like that. Beards are the ultimate. That's a great point, Kelly. Yeah, I, I feel like beards are the ultimate cover-up for guys that, like, I, I see guys. True, yeah. I, I've never had a beard, <laughs> so this is what you see is what you get. You don't know what I look like sans beard because I've never had the beard. But I do fear what s- some guys that you've only known with a beard when they shave. My dad had a mustache, still does, his whole life. Mm. Shaved it when I was like eight years old one time. Uh, I had PTSD when I saw him without a mustache. <laughs> yes. Freaked me that. out, did not yes. like it. <laughs> I remember like the morning that he appeared uh, cooking breakfast without a mustache. It, it's, it's seared into my brain to this yeah. day how weird it looked and how bad it looked. And then he grew it back and never shaved it again. Um, You're pro beard though, Kelly, is what I'm hearing. Well, my dad always had facial hair and a beard. And I remember coming home from kindergarten one day and thinking there was a stranger because that's what they teach you in kindergarten. There's a stranger in my house and just screaming. And of course he's hysterically laughing at his five-year-old, like relax, you crazy person. And I'm like, I don't know who you are because I had never seen him without facial hair my entire life, or at least not up into that point in time. And it is interesting. I'm not necessarily pro facial hair or against. I think you wear whatever you want, but yeah, I kind of agree with you on the Yankees. Keep it old school. Everybody's got their rules. Yeah. Uh, it is what it is. If that's the rule that they put in place, then you want to go play there. That's how you have to play. It, I, I don't know what else to say. It, it's one of the the last forms of tradition that are still going on. Everything is evolving here these days, at least for the Yankees. Think about it. They don't, they're one of the only two teams that don't have any names on the back of their jerseys. Okay, I think that's rad. They refuse to do that. And then they also, this is a, this policy. Now, listen, is it cool? Is it hip? Of course not. But it does set you to a higher standard. Um, let's, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a traditionalist to a, an elder to an extent. I think I'm on board with this one still. Let's, let's not be like everybody else. We don't need to be. Cool is in the eye of the beholder because I find this to be very cool that they still do this. <laughs> do, and, a lot, and, do a lot of girls tell you that? Is it growing yeah, up? Chad? Yeah, I mean, that, that was always my line. Like, I know, you, I know you think I'm not cool, but I'm telling you right now, there's someone out there who thinks I'm very cool. Very diplomatic answer by you, Kelly, on the beard question, too, yeah. with two guys without a beard. Oh, yeah, you know, just whatever you want. I don't really care one way or the other. Good, 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 uh, good save by you. Could you land a plane? This has been a divisive question this week, Guns. Explain the genesis of this question. So it's an article that went viral. We covered it on Outkick as well. And it revolves around the fact that if a plane was going to go down, could you as a passenger be able to land it? All right? That's like the uh, the essence of it. Now, people like... <laughs> I don't think you can, people, all right? You want to know why? Because I've played my share of video games, and if I'm crashing my video game (laughs) controller, and it's much easier than a full plane board, I don't know that. Like, I mean, listen, if we're going down, am I going to try to land the plane? Of course. But do I have faith in anybody on this program right now or this studio landing an airplane for us? Absolutely not. I'll be at the bar card if that's happening. I mean, do do you get like the assistance of air traffic control? Is there someone that you're talking? Is radio so also cut off? We spoke about this on the we spoke about this on the fade, okay. Chad. And and 
Clay said, you get to put on the headset and you get to have somebody walk you through it. So they're like, this third button from the left, switch that up and at the same time, pull back. You know, there's no way. There's absolutely no no way. And also, I don't do well in panic situations, okay? Like, I'll never forget my first time live on air and somebody asked me a question that I wasn't prepared for when I had all of the things in my brain already ready to say. And I just absolutely panicked in my soul. And that would be what would be happening if I had to land an airplane. And I would think most women would agree, but if you actually pull up the data in that article, men are far more confident in their ability to land an airplane. Yeah, we're so full of it. That does we not are shock so me. full of it. That, that part doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. It was over 50% of men. Yeah. I think overall was 30% of just humans said that they could. See, my answer would be kind of right in the middle I feel like if I had total assistance from air traffic control, I could get the thing on the ground without blowing it up, but it would not be without incident. Right. It would be a very rough and bad. I'm not (laughs) landing the thing perfectly. Like, we're going to lose a wheel. We're going to slide off of the runway. Lose a wheel? No, you're going to do a lot more than lose a wheel. That's what I'm saying. Like, something bad is going to happen to the plane. Some trees, you know, you're clipping them. I I don't think I would kill everyone on the plane. Oh, but okay. I don't think it would be without incident. <laughs> You're making, I'm getting sweaty sitting in my home office just even at the idea of this. As somebody who doesn't like to fly, I cannot even fathom oh, God. being in this type of situation. <laughs> I'll see you at the bar cart. We'll be at the end, at the back of the yeah. plane if, Chad's, if Chad's yeah. handling it. You know, certain people <laughs> in, in chaos and when there's crisis, they rush in to try to help people. I'd be the one rushing into the cockpit to try to land it. And Guns and Kelly would be rushing to the back to <laughs> take go. all the airplane bottles out <laughs> yes. and just start chugging until they pass out. Yes, we'll and then they don't know things. what happens. See, this is why I would feel so much more comfortable if they just let me use a parachute as my carry-on. I would feel so much better. Wow. I would just bail. Good it, would be, it would be great. Fight wow. or flight. Fight or flight. Yes. I, 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 and I'm getting out. I fight. <laughs> you guys fly. Fly back to, to get all the, the airplane bottles. <laughs> Um, oh, that's so good. It's, it's, a, it's a good debate. It, yeah. it's, a, it's definitely a fun debate. Clay believes he could. Is that right, Kelly? Yes, of course he Shocker. does. Okay. Yeah. Shocker. Shocker. Clay knew I, he could land a flame, Clay. Listen, Thanks, Clay. Here, in Clay's defense, Clay is very intelligent. I think Clay also is smart enough to understand that he's not capable of doing it and would follow directions very, very well. Mm. Right? I also think that certain men that choose the fight versus the flight it's something inherent with inside of you as a protector. I think Clay being a father, being the provider for his household, all of these things inherently has that within his being. I would feel confident that Clay could follow the directions <laughs> well enough to possibly not kill everybody on the airplane. There you have there it. Clay is not killing anybody. He's landing the plane. We landed the plane with guns Good successfully. Good luck with everybody flying this weekend, by the way. Terrific. No, I, show I, I, I can't believe I've been on an airplane in two weeks to head to Nashville, <laughs> and I'm already terrified. <laughs> we'll see you then. <laughs> We're back on Hot Mike across the Outkick Network. It's been a fun Friday here on the show. I think it's flown by. But I host the show every day. We got to ask our special guest co-host, Kelly Stewart, Kelly in Vegas, whether or not these three hours have flown by. Kelly, we've made it to the final segment of the show. How fast has it gone? It's actually gone very fast. Uh, It's been a long time since I've done a long-form show because, as I mentioned earlier, the kids, they got about this much of an attention span. So I'm so used to doing 90-second TikToks that three hours seem like an eternity. 
But thanks to you, it just flew by. And for the kids, we'll take this three-hour show and we're going to divvy it out into 45-second increments all over the place. So that's that's smart. I love that. That's smart thinking for the kids. you got to do it both ways uh, this day and age, and that's what we'll be doing. Um, we got to go a certain way with Pick Your Poison with Davey Hudson. Unfortunately, we have to choose one of these options, a weekly feature here on the show. Davey Hudson on with us right now. Davey, the floor is yours. Thank you, Chad. And like you mentioned, uh, you never are going to get any good options here. And NFL, I know co- college, it's, it's we got the playoffs and some bowl games coming up. But right now, all the focus is on the NFL. And last night, I was surprised we had a game that actually had some offense. And, you know, with, with Bill Belichick, his time coming to an end, you know, there there's going to be some openings in the NFL head coaching ranks. But our first, pick your poison, that's my coach. You're having to tie yourself to one guy that will lead your franchise. And your franchise can be whichever franchise you choose. But your options are Josh McDaniels, recently fired, Frank Reich, recently fired, and Brandon Staley, soon to be fired. (laughs) That's great. By the way, I think you sent us a text last night, uh, Davey. The over hit in the first half. It by did. It did. I, I didn't touch this one. I was I was glad, but yeah, the what was about to be a historic total in the world of the NFL. Of I, I I'm not sure, Kelly. You would know. Did it close at thirty or did it get down to twenty nine and a half last night? It actually got ticked back up right before okay. kick. I saw even uh, a 30 and a half, 31. And that's because everybody said, okay, don't overreact too much. Granted, yeah. I didn't touch the game with a 10-foot pole. Oh. But that's because, like our guest Timothy said, just because it's on primetime doesn't mean you have to bet it. So, Kelly, uh, you got to take one. Brandon Staley, Josh McDaniels, Frank Reich. Who are you going with? I'll give you first pick. I just had a Google because I was like, I got to go with Frank, right? Like he has a Super Bowl, doesn't he? No, but he played in four of them. Uh, this is a horrible grouping. I don't know how Brandon Saley still has a job. It's definitely not Josh McDaniels. I can tell you that much. So it's Frank Reich by default. Man, this is uh, this is tough. I, I'd probably go, I'm going Josh McDaniels. I'll go in uh, ascending order. Josh McDaniels Oof. is last on this, this list, okay? He's third. I'm going to go Frank Reich second. Shockingly, I'm going Brandon Staley as my guy solely because I kind of like the fight that he showed with the reporter in that press conference. I'd never even heard his voice up until that press conference. And when he got into it with him uh, after the Packers game, and he's like, hey, my defense isn't the problem today. That wasn't the problem on the field today. And I'm not, I kind of liked it. So give me Brandon Staley by absolute default on a list of very bad options, which means that it was a good question from Davey. Yeah, it's just, I, I look at those options. I just, I'm I'm stunned. It, again, the retread thing in the world of the NFL continues to shock me, but people keep doing it. So, I don't know, we might see Brandon Staley uh, get another head coaching job before it's all said and done after he gets fired. I think Frank Rice is ready to retire. He's at least got that contract. Uh, he, he can sell off into the sunset. The thing about Frank Wright getting that deal with the Panthers and being bad, but shockingly getting fired mid-season, season one, and then getting that buyout after failing. I mean, he is failing upwards at this point. Is someone else going to give him another job? So he was replaced by Jeff Saturday, right, at his previous job. It's crazy to think about guys getting paid for being bad. People talk about it, but being the head coach of the Carolina Panthers is the best gig in the NFL. You get a lot of money for doing nothing. No. Because our next one, we're, we're shifting off of sports, and it's just a, 
I guess a life question. Life. Uh, it's. I mean, you would have to. Life. You would have to live with this. And so I'm curious which one you would choose. Would you rather always have bo and not know it, <laughs> or always smell bo on everyone else? It's a tough one, Kelly. You want me to take this one first while you contemplate, or do you want to? Go I think first? I already have the answer. I think I'd rather have bo. It's just like. You're just in La La Land. You don't realize you smell bad. That sucks for everybody else. But if you have to smell everybody else, I mean, we're talking like hundreds of thousands of people you run into every single month. Like I go to airports all the time. I would probably, uh, no, I would probably vomit in public if I had to smell other people's BO all the time. Well, I would definitely lose weight because I wouldn't want to eat as much if all I smelled was BO uh, on everyone. So that would probably help with the diet. Um, help with the arteries, everything else. I think that might help my health, actually. Look, in fifth grade, I was voted most courteous at Glaville Elementary School. Um, so being the courteous guy that I am, I would rather not be the smelly guy. In the movie Big Daddy, the teacher had to talk with Adam Sandler about how his boy was the smelly one in class and how you never want to be the smelly one in class. Um, I wouldn't want to be the smelly one in class, so I'd rather smell the B.O. and not be the one that has it being the courteous guy that I am. I was trying to think, what what were the words that Rob Schneider was trying to read? He got fish, pony, and then it was... Hip, hip-hop, hip, hip-hop, hip-hop, hip-hop anonymous. Yes. And he's like, uh, this guy classic. can't even read. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fair you gave him the easy uh, ones. <laughs> can't even read. Oh, it's so no. good. Great, great film. Uh, glad you brought that up. It's always a fun trip down memory lane for the 90s Sandler films, but... Guys, I guess just shifting gears, I know, Kelly, you're not a fan of the word I'm about to bring up, and that's a lock. But when you're looking at this weekend's matchups, what is your NFL moneymaker lock? Yeah, we don't use L-bombs in my profession. I think it's tacky. I think it's grossly overused. And also, it does not promote good bankroll management. You do that use is blood bank ever- guarantee on, on, oh, I on do your not. show, though. No, oh, I I'm do saying not. your show uses it. Uh, somebody else on my show uses it. You will never hear me say those types of words ever. That being said, uh, since Davey put a, a prop bet in the chat and I've started doing some work with a couple of fantasy companies that have you utilize prop bets every day, I've gotten pretty sharp at some of these. So I'm going to take a very square one, though, and that is Dak, Dak Prescott over two. 180 and a half passing yards against the Philadelphia Eagles secondary. He should absolutely exploit Brock Purdy 310 last weekend. Look, the, the Eagles are one of those teams. They beat up on mediocre subpar teams. We've talked about this when I gave out Dallas as my best bet. I like having things that correlate to one another. I like the over in that game. I like Dallas in that game. So why not make it the trifecta here and say that Dak is going to have himself a day against the Eagles. I'm going to do something I'm probably going to live to regret. I'm going to fade Kelly uh, on this one. Um, I'm going the opposite. I've liked this Lions team all year. They've been good to me when I've decided to bet on them. Minus three in Chicago against the Bears. Give me the Lions to get it done. I'm going to take the Lions minus three in that game. Kelly, I know you like the Bears in this one, right? Well, in fairness, I did take Bears plus three and a half. So three, three and a half, much different bets. Now, if you like the Lions, you absolutely should not lay more than three. And if you like the Bears, the only acceptable bet there is three and a half. Though I do think the Bears are going to win this game. And I don't usually brag about this Bears team, but that defense 
Second to the Denver Broncos is the most improved over the last six weeks. Are you enjoying the NFL like you do most years when you watch this year? That's been a constant debate on this no, show with offenses. It's an awful product. What yeah. are we talking about here? I have never enjoyed the NFL. I enjoyed the NFL in 1996 when the Broncos won the Super Bowl. 1997. I don't really remember. I was a little it was kid then. Not, it was 90, uh, 97 and 98. Yeah, 97 and yeah, 98. That sounds right. So, And then in 2015, Super Bowl 50, that is when I enjoyed the NFL. Okay? This product that they have put on the field that is an entire ref show from start to finish has gotten so bad. They, thank goodness people on social media have realized this. I've only been screaming it from the mountaintops for the last decade. I think what seeing these backup quarterbacks and only having about 10 guys who probably should be NFL quarterbacks out there, it has kind of gotten a little preposterous. We'll see if Roger Dell cannot make some moves here, but adding one more game to the slate only made it worse. You Interesting it, you bring up the ref show. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, well, speaking of the ref show, um, well, Chad, I'll let you go first, and I'll come back in on Well, so we always talk about the coming apocalypse of something, right? It's, it's, this is going to be the death of this sport. Mark Cuban argued, you know, the, fat, the hog gets its fattest right before the slaughter. And maybe the NFL and football is getting too fat for their own good, and they're going to get slaughtered. He's now come back and said years after saying that, I was wrong. They continue to get more and more popular and make more and more money. But it, it, whether it be uh, CTE and concussions, you know, that's going to pull people away from the sport. They're going to start stop playing. Athletes, will, will, that, the athleticism of the sport will be worse. And then it's quarterback play. Maybe that's going to be the death of the sport. I am now convinced that the true apocalypse of football will take place because of the stripes. I think there will be a crisis of officiating. It's not going to get any better. This is the best of the best in the NFL. It is the best of the best, and they suck. College football is even worse with officiating. High school football, Kelly, you know this. High school football, they're going to play games on Wednesday and Thursday night because there's not enough people that are willing to do it, that are willing to go out and get yelled at by parents and fans and players for no pay. And I understand that. I I wouldn't want to do it either. That is going to be the the coming crisis in football. I – I don't, Kelly, do you ever follow trends with certain officials? Absolutely. Okay. Have you heard Absolutely, the one? Especially in the NBA. Okay. Have Yeah, like with uh, Chris Paul and Scott, Scott Foster. Foster. Yeah, yep. that's, that's a good one. I, I, I'd read the other day that Cleet Blakeman, Ron Torbert, yep. Brad Allen, and Scott Green, if they're in non-primetime games, I think over the last four years, their overs in those games have hit at like a 72% rate. Wow. That is not something I can confirm right now without actually looking at the data, yeah, but I no, have heard I, I the you. similar things. Uh, there was a notable referee who was not in attendance in the Philadelphia game on Sunday, and there was some rumors swirling that maybe that's why Philadelphia finally got brought back down to earth. I don't really believe in one game sample sizes, but you tell me those four guys, and we're looking over the history of five, six, seven seasons. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see it not be an anomaly. You bring up Philly. My money maker lock is that A.J. Brown, anytime touchdown score, odds are at plus 125 on that one. The reason I say that is he's going up against the same defense that let D.K. Metcalf just absolutely roast him last week. And I think that A.J. Brown's a better wide receiver than D.K. Metcalf, so I can easily see him doing the same. I like that one. I- I'm... Um... 
I also laugh to at fans that say, oh, you're just complaining when someone, uh, a fan complains about the officiating. But yet then you look at their social media and all they do is complain about the f- officiating overall. You know, refs have never been worse. But you know, don't spot this one uh, mistake and complain that your team, you know, lost because of the officiating. Davey, thank you so much. Pick Your Poison was terrific this week. We appreciate you and all your good work throughout the week. Kelly, um, first time co-hosting with me, three-hour show. Give me the honest assessment of, of how you think the show went today. We made it. That's all that I can say is we made it across the finish line, and I cannot wait to do it again next week. No big gaffes. Uh, I don't think you have to apologize like Sean McDermott. You know, there were no l- jokes that were made that we're going to apologize about later. Not getting canceled from this. I would definitely call that a success. Absolutely. And then, you know, they didn't have to drop, hit the drop button. Several of my friends think that I have such a potty mouth that I cannot possibly put together a three hour show and behave myself. But we made it. And I think I cashed the plus 150 ticket there. Oh, you, I mean, look, you've joined the show a bunch. I, I knew you'd be fine with that. Uh, there's, there's people that we have on the show that you're always worried about the dump button when they're on there and, and they'll say it, but no, you're, you're uh, you're a pro. You're a pro's pro Kelly. We appreciate you. And you're going to be Thanks, co-hosting Chad. some more coming up too, I think over the, over yeah. the holidays, and over the holidays. I'm planning on being in Nashville here in a couple of weeks to be in studio. I think it's going to be wonderful. That's awesome. In studio. That's great. I didn't get that treatment, but I guess I guess Hutton will. So now, now I see where I run. <laughs> Listen, I don't make the schedule. I just say okay. yes. Just yeah. know that yeah. I got asked to fill in, and I always try mm-hmm. to make a habit of saying yes because I'm a people pleaser. Kelly, you were great. Appreciate you filling in today. Terrific work, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. You'll be back on your normal slot with us on on Fridays. Thank you so much to everyone out there for listening, for watching. We appreciate you. Have a great weekend. This has been Hot Mike as part of the Outkick Network.